Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Podcast, where laughter is a main course and humor is always on the menu. So let's get started, and here's your daily dose of funny. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. I love taking tests. You remember, you remember stuff like this? Who won the Peloponnesian War? The Peloponnesian people. <laughs> I, I, I remember my first day of kindergarten. I was thinking about it the other day. It's been a long time, but I still remember. Does anybody else remember that? Yeah? You were there? You were at my first day of kindergarten? That's right. You haven't changed a bit. A little bit taller, but... You know what I remember? My mom, she, she didn't tell me anything. No, I got no... She just said, she, she just said, get in there. They're going to feed you a little bit later. That's all she told me. I didn't know what was going on. They started teaching the alphabet. I thought they were reading off the menu. A is for apple. No. B is for banana. Not interested. C is for cake. 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 D is for dog. What the heck kind of place is this? I don't want to eat dog. E is for elephant. I don't want that either. And I didn't know the answer to the first question. I was kind of scared, and I just sat there quiet. The teacher asked me a question. I just sat there scared, and she came up and started screaming at me. The first day, she's going, are you, are you dense? Just tell us, are you dense or what? I said, it's pronounced Dennis. Okay. Get it right. Then at the end of the day, there's an announcement over the loudspeaker that said, all pedestrians get to leave five minutes early. The teacher comes up and says, Dennis, you're a pedestrian, aren't you? I said, no, I'm not. I'm a Catholic. <laughs> but if I can get out five minutes early, I'll convert to pedestrianism. <laughs> I will convert. I didn't like school. I never liked school. I didn't do that well in school. I was kind of a slow reader. You might be a slow reader and you don't even know. This is how you can tell if you are. When you go to the movies and the film begins with like that written description of, of what happened in the past, do you get like a little anxiety attack? Because you don't know how long it's going to be up there. Like at home, if you rent the movie, you'll put it on pause. 
I might even rewind this one and read it all over again. You know, Star Wars, they begin, it begins like that, but that's the rolling words where everybody's going, oh man, I'm not getting any of this. A long time ago, another galaxy, there was some space people or something. I could, never read, I could never read all the books I was given to read in, 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 in class. So I was always taking those tests on books I hadn't even read. The teacher wants to know if you read the books or slash the questions like, uh, who helped Tom build the canoe? Uh, we'll try for partial credit here. How about Tom's friend? I'm sure Tom had a friend in the book. Why wouldn't you help him build the canoe? If he was a good friend, he would have helped him out. I love taking tests. You remember, you remember stuff like this? Who won the Peloponnesian War? The Peloponnesian people. <laughs> the people of Peloponnesia. You know, what else am I going to put? One time when I was a little kid, I got an F on my report card and I changed it before I got home. I, I was stupid. I got caught. I should have just changed it to a B, but I changed it to an F+. Plus. Try to pull my average up a little bit. <laughs> all I do is daydream in school. All, day, all, all I think, that's all I do is daydream. You know, sometimes a teacher would call your name after they've asked the question, and you got to stand there in the aisle, and you don't even know what the question was. Remember that? I'm sitting, this, this actually happened in eighth grade. Mrs. Gabriel's like, Dennis, we're going to wait for your answer. Well, that's up to you. <laughs> my best friend, Mike Hand, he's sitting back here, and he whispers, it's Conestoga Wagon. Uh... I don't think I'm going to go with that. I think I'll stand here with nothing for a bit, you know. But she was on my case that day. We're going to wait until you answer. That's your prerogative. I'm telling you, it's Conestoga Wagon. So I get tired of standing there. I say, I say the answer is Conestoga Wagon. The whole class starts laughing their butts off. I look down, we got math books open. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even on the right subject. That's how long I'd been out taking my pen apart and putting it back together. <laughs> Playing with the spring. You know, sometimes the teachers would say this. They'd say, there's no such thing as a stupid question. I liked it when they said You know what I would do when they, when they said that? I would raise my hand. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Baxter, is it possible for a 12-year-old boy to get pregnant from reading comic books? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay, I got some misinformation from my older brother. <laughs> college was different, though. And professors, the college professors, they never said it was, there was no such thing as a stupid question. You know why? Because they knew better than that. You don't get to be a college professor and still hold the belief there's no such thing as a <laughs> stupid question, you know. So in college, I needed a different strategy, a different tactic, because I didn't want to study or do the assignments or anything like that. So I'd come up with smart questions that would make me sound smart to the teachers, you know, so when they were given the grades, they might think, hey. So I'd be like, yes, uh, Professor, after perusing the copious reading assignments which you ungrudgingly designate as compulsory, it has become abundantly clear to me that the incipient, and might I say pandemic, rise of quantitative easing in the post-holographic arena spawns a situation and, in fact, a conundrum in which the widespread growth of existential and even dystopian paradigms will threaten to dominate the landscape for the foreseeable future. Now, having said that, how would you therefore postulate a quid pro quo complexification from a nihilistic standpoint 
and being broadly contemporaneous, would that postulation even be germane to the philosophical dogma of the period? And secondly, because this is, this is really a two-part question. Didn't like math. Math was, math was me, my least favorite subject. You like school? You're in school? You got You're in school now? What's your name? Chanel. Chanel? What are you studying? Nursing. Nursing? Yeah. I studied doctoring for, doctoring, doctoring. <laughs> what do they call it? Medicine? <laughs> it was a lot. It's a lot. I dropped out after two years of high school. <laughs> no, I didn't like being a doctor. I was a doctor for one day. Yeah, everybody complains about everything, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I couldn't. I, I didn't like math. Math was my least favorite subject. Actually, it's like a five-way tie from my least favorite subject, but math was me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about math. I, hate, I hated the math. Think about math. Was You could try, you could try, try to pay attention, just look out the window for two minutes. Come back, and you're lost forever. <laughs> you might as well just look out the window again, because... You're never gonna get back on track. It's not like you can say to the teacher, yes, could you just, could you repeat that? Yeah, because I, I was staring out the window. I saw the birds flying and I was thinking, gosh, what if I could fly? Fly away, that's for sure. Fly away from you and your lesson. Your stupid lesson. I was okay with math until they got up to addition. I was cool with counting. Algebra, Algebra 3, that was the worst class ever. Algebra 3, remember? I didn't actually take Algebra 3, I took Algebra 1 three times. But uh, that's addition. But I was wrong, back in the day, I would tell the teacher, I'm never going to use this Algebra stuff, right? I always tell the teacher, I'm never going to use this Algebra. But you don't use it very much, but once in a while I use Algebra. Like a few months back, I was in the train station in Baltimore, and train A was going to be leaving the station at 5 p.m. <laughs> and traveling west at 80 miles per hour. And train B was going to be leaving the station three hours later on a parallel track but going 100 miles per hour in Windsor out of the southeast at 18 miles per hour. And there was a 30% chance of rain. The Dow Jones had dropped 200 points that day. But the NASDAQ was up 40. I weighed 195 pounds. My blood pressure was 122 over 60. And the Kansas City Chiefs had a record of 8-2 uh, and two and were atop the leaderboard of the AFC West. And I had to figure out what train to get on. Luckily, there's an app for that now. It's called Choo Choo. Choo Choo, C-H-U-C-H-U. Just get the free version, good enough. One time we had a math test, I got a zero. Zero percent. Yeah, I'm not bragging, I'm just... My friend Kevin got a zero, too. He was my study partner. Our other friend, Terry, got a one. Terry got a one percent. We started calling Terry the brain. We started cheating off him a little bit. Teachers, teachers always had the same thing about cheating. They're right. They would always say, you're only cheating yourselves, which is ridiculous. I mean, if you didn't study, yeah, you cheated yourself. But if they put the test in the desk in front of you and you already didn't study, the only way you're going to learn this stuff is if you learn it off somebody else's paper. Remember sitting like, question number seven, what is the capital of Bolivia? Well, I don't know. And now I'd like to learn it. 
doesn't know either. Stupid? Stupid though? It's Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. I mean, he studies. When I was a kid, they called getting good education learning your three R's. Remember that? Three R's? That's, I heard it on a TV commercial recently, which really surprised me, because you remember what your three R's were, right? You got reading, writing. That's your second R, writing. <laughs> writing and arithmetic. Arithmetic. <laughs> what about Rochel Ruddies? What about Rochel Ruddies? I think history and reography are just as important as arithmetic. <laughs> Was Scooby-Doo the Commissioner of Education or something? <laughs> Roping your rooks and ruddy. Ruddy, ruddy, real rook says. You roll ruddy, you won't read. But the worst for me was the essay test. The essay questions that the, te the teachers would throw down at you. Explain how symbolism and metaphor were used to support the theme of the story. Huh? I couldn't do that if I had read the story. I'm glad I didn't read the story now. Hate to read the story and get an F. <laughs> so I'd stare at the blank piece of paper for about a half hour and then I'd, then I'd write down my answer. Both symbolism and metaphor used very well throughout the story. <laughs> symbolism was used more at the beginning of the story and metaphor was used in the middle and then again at the end. I think metaphor was used better than symbolism. But symbolism was used very well indeed. In conclusion, <laughs> take that, teacher. You wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> take that. You guys are fun. You sounded like you did get naps this afternoon. I appreciate that. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit jet lagged. I flew in, I flew in late last night from Boise. I don't shake the jet lag so easily anymore. <laughs> you know, sometimes I fly, I'm friendly, and I feel like talking to the person on the plane next to me, but sometimes I don't. I've been on a plane for six hours. I don't look at the guy in the seat next to me. I don't talk to him. I don't acknowledge he exists. Then when the plane lands, when I'm pulling up to the gate, I like to go, so what's your name? <laughs> Do you have any hobbies or anything you want to talk about? For the next couple of seconds here. My flight from Boise was delayed for two hours. That's what you want, right? A two-hour delay on a one-hour flight. <laughs> and then when, when they make the announcement about the, the, the delay from the desk there, they say, we want to thank you in advance for your patience. I don't like to be manipulated like that. <laughs> I go to the desk, I go, I want to thank you in advance for your free upgrade to first class. Thank you for that. Thank you in advance. I apologize in advance for going berserk when you don't give it to me. Didn't work though, they put me in last class. That's what I call it. They don't call it that, they call it coach or assistant coach or equipment manager or something. Who designed those seats we have to sit in back there? Three seats with only four armrests? Really, they think the average number of arms on a human being is 1.333 dot dot dot? It's closer to two. Like 1.999, isn't it? I've seen more one-armed people than I have three-armed people. 
the lady on the plane uh, the other day was had the profound fear of flying, was sweating and nervous, and I wanted to comfort her. I wanted to make her feel better. So I said, don't worry, this plane's not going to crash. I said, statistics prove you got a better chance of being eaten by a shark. Then I showed her the scar on my elbow from a shark attack. Yeah, I said, I got this when my plane went down off Florida. You know what I like to do on the plane sometimes? I like to pretend like I'm reading a Chinese newspaper. Because that, that impresses people, you know. And I, I, like to, I like to impress people. And they usually, go, they usually go, wow, you can read Chinese? That's cool. And I say, is that what this is? I thought I forgot how to read. No wonder this alphabet doesn't seem familiar. As soon as I sit down on the plane, I hear this on the loudspeaker, you know, tampering with or destroying smoke detectors in the, la in the lavatory can result in a fine. But they don't say what the amount of the fine is. So the dollar amount. So I call the flight attendant, what's the dollar amount of that fine? Yeah, that information will help me make my decision. No, I don't like to smoke, but I do, I do like to destroy things. And sometimes I tamper. Sometimes I'm a tamperer. I like the emergency exit row. I like the extra leg room because I'm kind of tall and I like the aisle seat if I can get that. And these days, the flight attendants give you that safety talk and everybody's got to give them a verbal response down the line. Everybody's got to go, yes, yes, yes. They got to hear everybody say that. And then they ask you if you have any questions. And I always ask the flight attendant a question because I take my role very seriously as an exit row occupant. So I always ask questions. Yeah, so we get to Denver. Say the pilot screws up real bad, right? And we come down way too hard, too fast. We hit the runway and the landing gear just snaps, right? The wheel just snaps off and the plane is just sliding down the runway and there's sparks and flames and smoke and it's pandemonium and people are screaming and it's chaos and the plane starts to do like a cartwheel up in the air right and then it breaks it breaks into two parts the part of the, the part of the plane where it comes to rest like over in the weeds I guess and I look at that guy that guy there in the window seat that guy yeah he's dead yeah but he's not only dead he's in the way what do I do with his dead body what do I do with his dead body what's the proper procedure do I eject it out the exit or do I just leave his body there to be trampled what's the proper procedure What's your name? Bob. Bob, do you have a preference? You want to be trampled? Trampled or rejected? How about this? How about, how about I try to stuff Bob's dead body in the overhead compartment? I think I can get it up there. He's a big guy, but I think I can get it up there. Maybe the, the middle seat guy. Will you help me stuff big Bob's dead body in the overhead compartment? I need a verbal response. Whenever there's a plane crash in this country, the news media loves you, they, they love to use the term miracle. Don't they? Like if a plane crashes and no one is killed, they say it was a miracle that no one was killed. If a plane crashes and a few people are killed, they say it was a miracle that more people weren't killed. If a plane crashes and there's only one survivor, they say it was a miracle that that person survived. If a plane crashes and everybody is killed, they say it was a miracle the plane just missed hitting that warehouse on the ground. If the plane hits the warehouse, they say it was a miracle that didn't hit an hour earlier when it was crowded with people. And if it hits it, 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 it when it's crowded with people and everybody is killed, they go and find that guy that missed the flight by five minutes. They say it was a miracle he got a flat tire on the way to the airport. Remember that one plane just disappeared a couple of years ago, that Malaysian thing? I don't, I don't have a fear of flying, but I do have a fear of just disappearing someday. Where's Dennis? Nobody knows. He was sitting in that chair a couple of months ago. Nobody's seen him since. It's a shoe shine stand at the airport, and the guy goes, hey, man, your shoes, your shoes look bad. Hop up here, I'll fix you up. Okay, my shoes look bad, but is that really an acceptable way to drum up business by insulting me? 
I've never walked in front of a clothing store and have the guy standing out front going, get your raggedy butt in here. You ought to be ashamed of yourself walking around town looking like that. Comb your hair, you bum. I was at the mall the other day, I saw a store, a shoe store had a big sign up that said, semi-annual fall sale. <laughs> fall comes once a year, according to my calendar. <laughs> I bought a pair of sneakers. I think I got a good price. I put $50 down and I'm paying $5 a month for 60 months. <laughs> That's where they get you. You ever go to Payless, shoe store Payless? They're all right, right? They're okay if you go in the morning when it's still sort of organized. You know what I mean? You go later in the day, it looks like, it looks like the three stooges had a shoe fight in there. Lids and boxes all over the place. I prefer like Foot Locker, you got to point to the shoe up on the wall to the guy. Yeah, hey, I like this shoe here. Do you think you can just go in the back room and screw around about 20 minutes? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Play video games or whatever the heck it is you do back there. How big is that warehouse back behind that door? Like he's getting on the forklift and driving for miles. Just looking for my sneakers. Last time the guy comes out and he comes out to me, he's got two boxes. He said, I don't have a, he said, I don't have a size 10, but I have an eight and a half and an 11. <laughs> really? Well, I'm pretty sure the eight and a halfs will hurt my feet. <laughs> yeah, because last time I got eight and a halfs, both my feet hurt constantly. <laughs> but maybe I get the 11s and stuff newspapers up into the toes. <laughs> maybe I got to buy those tube socks over there. They say the fit size is six through 12. <laughs> and just flap the unused portion underneath my foot. Would that be a recommendation, Mr. Referee? <laughs> just blow the whistle twice if the answer is yes. Six through 12, the socks fit. Shaquille O'Neal and I, we wear the same socks. <laughs> I was looking at a pair of shoes in the shoe store and they had the, this pair of shoes was secluded from the other shoes on the stand, something like this, right? And I'm just looking at them trying to figure out why they're all separated. And the guy comes up and says, that's a great shoe. That was the first shoe ever designed specifically for walking. <laughs> right there, as if the sandals Moses wore were designed for racquetball. <laughs> and Galileo, he wore cross trainers all around town. I asked the guy, see, can you get any of those belts in that are designed to hold up your pants? <laughs> Have they invented that yet, sir? 
I bought a belt the other day. I bought a reversible belt. When I was a kid, my dad had a reversible belt. I remember one side was brown and the other side was a whip. Yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember. I like brown. I like brown. That was my preference. I thought he looked good in brown. A lot of young guys these days, they're not wearing any belts at all, right? You've seen them, they have their pants hanging down low so everybody can see their underwear. That's supposed to be sexy. That's what I've been told. And I agree, but you know what I like to do sometimes? I like to put, I like to put my pants on first, then I like to put my underwear up over my pants. <laughs> then I pull my underwear down a little bit in the back and give people a peek at my pants. <laughs> I, think, I think that's sexy. I think that's sexy. You know, I also like to wear, I like to wear both of my shoes on the same foot. I think that's sexy. I can pull it off because one of them's an eight and a half and one of them's an 11. <laughs> I like the Gap. I like shopping at the Gap. One reason I'm still a 34 waist at the Gap. Yeah, not everywhere, but at the Gap, I was a 34 regular fit for a long time. I was a 34 relaxed fit for a while. I was a 34 easy fit. Now I'm a 34 loose fit. But I'm still a 34. Got to buy size. 40 underwear for some reason. Is that a different system altogether? Get the 34s on. This is all wrong. This is like a tourniquet. You know what the truth is? The fact is I just gained 20 pounds for a part in a movie. Yeah, a pirate movie. Yeah, so if any of you people are going to be making a pirate movie, I'd like to be one of the pirates in it. when you go clothes shopping you just wear something like right here that just says I'm browsing you know just get the heck away from me I'm penniless or something they always want to show you everything they've never shown me anything I wanted I used to be kind of timid and I'd say things like I don't, I don't like the buttons or something but now if the guy starts showing me shirts or anything I just go I hate that I can't even look at it remove it the other day this guy says why don't you just tell me what you're looking for I said alright what I'm looking for is a pair of red leather bell bottom trousers you know with gold lightning bolts all up and down the legs Blue buckles on the side and mushroom patches on the back pockets. Yeah, mushroom patches made out of rhinestones. You don't have that here? You mind if I, you mind if I browse around a little bit? You have anything with clown faces on the knees? Because I'm going to a party. You ever find yourself in the wrong store? I mean, just too expensive, but you don't even realize it, you know? I was, I was in uh, New York City and I was just looking at these shirts in this place. And uh, I just see the price tag. I go, I go with the shirt. They're $900. The shirt's a little bit nicer than this. But $900. I go, the shirt's $900. The guy goes, oh, yeah. I go, I got, I got to get out of here. He says, well, we have some less expensive shirts over there on that wall. I said, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure if these are $900, they're not 40 bucks over there on that wall. I'm in the wrong place. Not the wrong part of this place. I hate any kind of shop. You know what I hate now? The stores, they, always, they want you to join their frequent shopper club. That'd be fine, but I don't want to be in the club and I don't want all the questions, you know? I'm at Banana Republic getting a couple of things and she's there. Are you a member of the Super Shoppers Club? I go, no, no, I don't want to be. I'll sign you up real quick. You get 20% off all these purchases. I don't want to be in the stupid club. You get 10% off all your future purchases. This is the third time I'm telling you I don't want to be in the club. She says, we'll send you emails and tell you about upcoming sales. 
That's what I told her. I said, look, I'm wanted in six states. I'm a fugitive from justice. That's why I can't be in the club. I told, I told her, and she said, you just gave me your credit card. I said, that's not my credit card. How long would I remain at large? Handed out my actual credit card. And at the grocery store or your supermarket, your pin thing doesn't work in the deal. They want you to yell your phone number out in the middle of the store. That's not smart. Security, ladies, don't yell your phone number out in the middle of the grocery store. Not if I'm around. No, because I'll call you. I'll call you up. I called a lady a couple of weeks ago. Yo, hello, yeah, this is Dennis. Yeah, you probably don't remember me. Yeah, I was standing behind you in line at the grocery store. Yeah, I was wearing a brown shirt, but you were kind of ignoring me. But you gave me your phone number. Well, you didn't give it to me specifically, but I was there to catch it. Thought I'd give you a call and see what's up. So what's up? I'd come by your house. I don't know your address, though. I can find it on the internet doing a $40 reverse lookup. But I thought you might save me the money. I'll come by and bring you some flowers. You know, I don't know what kind of flowers you like. There's so much about you I don't know. But I do know your phone number. My phone number? No, I got that block caller ID. Yeah, you cannot be too careful these days. A lot of nut jobs out there. A lot of whack jobs. The Starbucks. What are they asking me what my name is for? It's none of their business what my name is. Just give me a cup of coffee. I'll give you $9. We'll call it a transaction. I know they want to write it on the cup, right? That's the way they operate, but that's not the way I operate. I've started doing this. They go, what's your name? It's uh, Glarbstintinford. <laughs> what is it? It's Glarbstintinford. It's spelled just the way it sounds. Glarbstintinford. The common spelling. G-L-A-R-B-S-T. And another T. E-N-T-E-N-F-O-R-D. Glarbstintinford. Some people just call me Glarb for short, but I prefer Glarbstintinford. Glarbstintinford. I recently did that right at Starbucks. I didn't have enough cash to have the $9, so I'd use my credit card, my, which has my real name on there. Guy's like, your name's Dennis. You're not Glarbstintinford. You're not Glarbstintinford at all. Why did you say you were? I'm like, yeah, you're right, Dennis. That's my given name. That's on my birth certificate. I got that when I was born, but Glarbstintinford is my nickname. Yeah, I got that when I was a little, little kid. I got that was early on, because when my sister Peggy was a little baby, she couldn't pronounce Dennis. And it, it just, it came out, it came out Glarbstintinford. And ever since then, that's what everybody calls me. My nephews, they call me Uncle Glarbstintinford. I kind of like it. One thing I don't like is I can't find a keychain with the name Glarbstintinford on there. A mini license plate for my bicycle. You guys are a good crowd, man. You got Office Depot around here? Office Depot, Office Max, other places? That was an Office Depot, right? There's a, uh, there's a clearance table up by the front of the store. They're trying to get rid of everything, right? trying to get rid of all this stuff. There's a sign on the table that says, everything on table, $1. So I'm thinking, well, that's a good deal. So I take everything. I put it in my basket. And I get out my dollar. Push it up to the register. But she starts ringing things up, $1, $2, $3. I go, whoa, 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 no. It's all $1 total. I point over to the sign. She says, that means each item is $1. I said, that's not what it says. She says, you're the first person to misunderstand the sign. 
I said, I'm the first person to understand this thing. She says, she says, you want me to call the manager? Yes, absolutely. Call the manager. So she says, and I'm standing there waiting for him. And here he comes down the aisle and I can, you know, sometimes you can look at somebody and just by looking at them, you can tell they're going to be a problem. You can tell this guy was going to be a problem. Sure enough, he wouldn't sell me 82 items for a dollar. I said, I want to talk to your boss. I want to talk to the district manager. He said, he said, what's your name? He said, come with me. What's your name? I said, why does everybody want to know my name all the time? Yeah. Wasting my time with that guy, Mr. Attitude Man. I went over to Denny's because I was hungry and they had a big sign up that said four meals for under four dollars. They're liars too. They all lie. They're all in cahoots. Office Depot, Denny's, one meal. That's all they wanted to give me. Try to eat all right, better I mean, but it's, all right. it's hard on the road. Some, you know, they eat the fast food, McDonald's, Burger King, these places. You know, sometimes you go to McDonald's or Burger King. Sometimes the people who work there, they're sharp, you know, they're sharp and they're on the ball, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, other times you gotta wonder. You gotta wonder what that hiring interview was like, you know. Please, come in, sit down. Can you mumble? Can you mumble? Can you mumble without making eye contact? Would you be willing to goof around with your coworkers while the customer grows impatient? Great, I think you'd be a good candidate for a management training program. We're gonna have you watch an eight minute training video then we'll put you on the front counter. The training video, it'll show you how to jam so many napkins into a dispenser that the people wouldn't be able to get one out of the stick of dynamite. People get their own drinks now. People get their own drinks, you just gotta hand them a cup. When you hand them a cup, when you hand them a cup, make sure your fingers are sticking down inside the cup. That's our, that's our policy. Then you give them a bag of food and you're all done. There's no need to say, thank you, because you wrote that on the trash box. <laughs> yeah, it's, we carved it into the trash box. They'll see that when they clean up after themselves. <laughs> we do have a set greeting, though. The greeting is scripted. You can't say hello your own way. You gotta say it just like this. Welcome to Burger King, family. Take your order. <laughs> Why don't you try it? You try it, young man. Okay, sir. Welcome to Burger King. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, not quite, but you'll get it. You know, if I go to Burger King, if I get an order of onion rings, there's always a couple of french fries mixed in there with them. Always, but if I get the french fries, there's never any onion rings mixed in there. Are they in the same pile or aren't they? I'm mystified by that. You ever line up one of these places and you're hungry and you're in a hurry and you're watching the guy working back there and by the way he's moving, you're pretty sure he's underwater. I get drowsy watching them work. I get up there, I'm falling asleep. I'll have, a, I'll have a hamburger, what time is it? Sometimes I'll screw with the guy, I'll screw him, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a McWhopper. Yeah, McWhopper. With uh, mashed potatoes and uh, a Heineken. The Biggie Heineken. Supersize the Biggie. You know what, make it a Schlitz. Can I change my order? You ever try to change your order? Oh man, they look at you like you asked them to rewire the Pentagon. <laughs> you got a situation over here. 
We got a code red. Yeah, this man, he's not gonna eat the things he said he would eat originally. What am I supposed to do now? Push the buttons, show me which ones. Shift, alt, enter, delete, escape, start over. Welcome to Burger King, what do you want? Get it right this time. This is hard, what I'm doing is hard. Burger King, they don't mind the special order, right? Extra pickle, that's their slogan. That's not their slogan. That's not their, that's why I'm not in the slogan writing business. Have it your way, that's their slogan. Have it your way, that's still their slogan. You know what I like to do at Burger King? I go, you know what I want? I want a Whopper with cheese, but I want the top bun on the bottom and the bottom bun on the top. Yeah, that's my way. I want the top bun on the bottom and the bottom bun on the top. And don't just think you can flip it upside down. I know the difference. And I want you to cut it into eight pieces like a pizza. I'm gonna eat it with a spork. You got sporks, I hope. A&W's got sporks. I saw this on the sign outside McDonald's, the big sign, the marquee or whatever. It said, now hiring, apply inside. Yeah, apply inside. Apparently they've determined that there's a big problem. Big problem with potential employees just driving right by. <laughs> just, just potentially, yeah, I'd like to get a job at that McDonald's, but where do you, where do you go to apply? I don't know, I think, I think you go downtown to the sheriff's department. It's all political. It's who you know. Sometimes, sometimes, they, put, sometimes they put this, now hiring, inquire within. That's pretty fancy language for a Taco Bell, isn't it? Did you ever talk like that? It's, it's like Shakespeare wrote the damn sign. I just want to go in there. Is the manager within? Oh, manager, oh, manager, where fault, thou manager? Surely within the confines of these walls? To make chalupas or not to make chalupas? I was here yesterday to no avail. Inquire within, inquire within. I guess when you're going to quit, you got to give them your fortnight notice, you know? I shan't be returning. I shan't be back. Oh, what? You guys have been fun. We got to wrap it up. I have a jazzercise class to get to. I do appreciate you coming out and being such a great crowd, man. Provo, first time here. Yeah. I like, you know anything I don't like? I don't, I, I can't stand the people. Uh, nice people. They put me in a nice hotel, which I appreciate, but they screwed up my reservation. I had requested a no-smoking double bedroom. They put, me, they put me in a no-bed double smoking room. But I don't complain. I just sit on the floor and smoke two pipes. Some of the hotels need to upgrade their signs a little bit. I saw a hotel had a big sign out front that said, Colored TV. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. They're bragging about having colored TVs in the gym. No one's manufactured a black and white TV for decades. There's just some guy in the parking lot, honey, go check it out, see if they really do have colored TVs in that place. See what else they got. See if they got hot and cold running water. My hotel's nice, and there's a, I was in the elevator. There's a sign in the elevator that said, maximum capacity, 12 persons. 12 persons. Somebody needs to tell the folks down at the elevator company that the plural of the word person is people. It's not persons, right? It's that guy, Otis. He makes all the elevators in the country. He's good at that. Not so great with the language, I'm guessing. Hey, Otis, what should we put on this sign? Put maximum capacity, 12 persons. It doesn't matter. It could be like six mans and six women's. Yeah, the specificity is not important. It's, it's the totalitarianism you got to worry about. It could be 10 mans and two childs. Just put 12 persons on the sign. Let's get out of here. The pool, the hotel pool, had a similar sign. It said maximum capacity, 180 people. Do we really need legislation for that sort of thing? Doesn't it kind of govern itself? Don't most of us just hang back and go, I don't want, I don't want to get in the pool with that many people. It's not going to be refreshing knocking up against other people's arms and skin. Move, I have a legal right to be here. Banging elbows, move. I did a head count. Like in the bathroom, in the bathroom stall, we don't put a sign that says maximum capacity one person. I just see the shoes and I keep on moving. I don't knock. You got room for one more person in there? Well, I'm, I'm like a 34 waist. <laughs> you guys have been a blast. Thanks for being so nice. And, uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. Great crowd. If you love what you heard today, don't keep it to yourself. Share this episode with friends and family and let's spread the laughter. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on today's guests and special offers just for our listeners. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back soon with even more laughs. Join the fucking funny community today. <laughs>